Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome tonight to the Thursday Night Wisdom Call Bible Study and Prayer tonight. This is Pastor Lester Sharon Hayes here tonight, be your host on tonight. Uh, welcoming all of you tonight in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, tonight as we come together to continue to study the revelations of Jesus Christ as we work toward building a future of optimal overall wellness uh, in the areas of physical wellness, uh, spiritual wellness, financial wellness, emotional wellness, environmental wellness, occupational wellness, and social wellness. And this, to me, is probably so important right now as much teaching and, and, and as we can cram in because of the scene that is that is playing out right now on this earth. Uh, we got some serious things going on in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, they are on, Ukraine is under attack and our, our, our resolve and restraint is being tested to the max. Our allies are on full alert. We're, we have soldiers getting ready to board uh, airplanes and deploy 7,000 soldiers. So these are some real, real uh, turbulent times, amen. But it's nothing for us to fear or to overreact. But it's for us to, you know, to move with, with, with some wisdom and, and, and to know that, you know, no, no matter what goes on on this earth, none of this gets by God. God is so wise. He already knew uh, what was in the heart of people before this ever happened. And until God has had enough, amen, we'll continue to go through these cycles, amen, because you've got... Some rogue people out there, man, that's influenced by the enemy because they're empty. They don't have Christ in them. And it doesn't take anything for anger, that flame, that fiery flame of, of anger out of the ignorance of what God requires uh, on this earth for his people to coexist and to get along where everybody's treated equally because he was a sovereign God and creator who created us with an inalienable right that we may pursue a life of tranquility, peace, you know, goodwill for ourselves and our families. Amen. And that has been disrupted right now, thrown out of balance because we have one individual who wants to be, a, wants to build an empire, his own empire, authoritarian type leader, you know, a, a dictator type leader that's trying to revenge some history and avenge some stuff that already took place years ago. Been in power now 22 years and I guess he doesn't have anything significant on his resume. So I guess this is his time. Amen. And the enemy has chosen him to carry out his bidding. But we thank God for the leadership that is opposing him right now, doing sanctions and everything that, that's in on the table for them to use to include military force uh, at the NATO level if they need to. And I just don't really think that he's really sat down and considered the consequences before he acted. But he's about to learn. Amen. And so as we uh, prepare ourselves for the spiritual war that is at hand for us, this is why we gather together, because we want to be able to learn about these revelations of Jesus Christ. So we will know what to do when these spiritual weapons are formed against us that keep them from prospering over us. They're going to be formed, but they will not prosper over us. And we know when the enemy, our adversary, Satan, the devil comes in like a thief, you know, to kill, still and destroy. We know that the Lord has already came to came to us, Jesus Christ. Amen. And given us life and given it to us more abundantly. And so we're trying to just learn how to pursue that 
what to do during those times and that we not be bound by fear, but we'll stand victorious and fight from the position of victory that we already have that's been given to us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So with that intro said right there, let's pray and get into the wisdom call tonight. Learn some things in revelation of Jesus Christ as we strive and aim to build that future. Amen. Of ultimate offer all wellness. <coughs> our Father, which art in heaven. As we come tonight in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we come tonight, our Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil, for thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory. It all belongs to you. So now, Holy Spirit, as we yield ourselves to you, we yield ourselves tonight humbly, thanking you, Father, for all that you've already done, you're doing, and that you're going to do. Just to make known to you once again tonight, Lord God, acknowledge you, adoration, and love this day, Lord. So be with us now. Guide us through. Open up our minds tonight to comprehend and receive what thus says the Lord tonight. As we open up your word, we receive your wisdom now, Lord God. We ask you for it now for these times that we may be able to apply it and make well-informed decisions of how we look upon this situation that's going on right now that's going to affect all of us, already affecting many of us economically. Prices are going up. The market is being shifted right now, God, and things are being frozen and, and banking is being frozen right now. There are no interactions going on right now. And so, Father, things right now, Lord God, are being put in place that will affect all human life on this earth. And we know that nothing worthwhile will ever happen until we turn back to you. So we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. So have your way. Let your will be done now in the teaching tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Amen and amen. And so uh, again tonight, we're going to pick up uh, where we left off at this morning uh, in our wisdom call. Amen. And uh, Bible study and prayer tonight. Uh, we left off this morning uh, talking about uh, hold on just a second here. We were talking about him in uh, the book of First John, chapter 3, uh, verse number 10, amen, of the King James Bible. And uh, we kind of, you know, review just to get us into that lesson uh, transition was verse 9, where it talked about whosoever is born of God, do if not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is a born of God. And so that's just talking about regenerated, born anew. That's what that word means, you know, born again, new creations in Christ Jesus. And one of the scripture references that we, we gave gave on that was which were born not of blood, talking about, you know, flesh, the blood, nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. That's in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 13, the King James Bible. So we're talking about a totally different verse than being born of the water that broke when mom and dad, when mom gave birth to, to us as sons and daughters, you know, that process. So this is talking about something that's totally above that birth, a new birth, a rebirth, you know, being born again from above of the water and also of the spirit to follow. Nicodemus uh, ran into that that situation and he sought Jesus at night to find out more about what he was talking about except you be born again you can't see the kingdom of God it's just that simple and Mr. Putin was born again he could see right now what he's doing is wrong because the scripture said that that you do to the least of them these are poor people but they're very proud people 
They're proud of their heritage. They're proud of their land. And they're going to stand and fight to the finish, even though they're being bombed, even though it's disproportionate. But I love the tenacity and the tenaciousness that they have. Their leader is not backing down, even though he said, I'm target number one. My family is target number two. Man, what courage. And so we get behind them in prayer. We thank God for the NATO forces coming to their to their to their aid. And so, you know, he obviously this man sees the wrong in what the, his opposer is doing, what those forces are doing. He's willing to fight for what he believes is right. And we believe because of that, that God's got his back. We believe that God is going to move mightily on their behalf, you know, because he said that that you do to the least them, you do also unto me. You know, and he said we would see this in the last days, but we would also see the hand of God move in a mighty way. His glory will march on it on their behalf. And so for his name's sake. And so, you know, we understand that, you know, this is uh, just as much a spiritual battle that we fight and we use different weapons. Weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pull it down a stronghold. That's what we've been doing in this situation, pulling down strongholds because the revelation tells us that we can do that. You know, Jesus says we can do that. While they're out there fighting the, with the physical weapons, we're fighting with our spiritual weapons, pulling down strongholds because we're not born of, of, of flesh. We're, we're, we are physically born, but because we can see the kingdom of God at hand, we're not fighting a spiritual battle and we're using the prayer as, as a weapon in the word of God, the sword of the spirit as our weapons. Amen. These things are not of the flesh, but they are of the will of God. They are of the spirit of God. Amen. And so then we said that this third test that we're taking being marked by righteousness and love. This is our motivation. Uh, we're going to look at several verses starting at verse 10 all the way through verse 17. It's going to talk about this, you know, how we are marked, how we're labeled. A lot of times we label people. But the scripture labels us and marks us. And so we ought to let the scripture label and mark people in, instead of us doing it. You know, it's, it's, it's just sometimes human nature to mark people, to label people. You know, you know, I call them a thug in a minute. You know, I call them this in a minute. But a lot of times the scripture gives us what to call them liars, murderers, hypocrites, you know, apostates, heretics. So we got to learn to use some of that language. The Bible said in the last day we'll see these people. And we got to call them for who the scripture called them out. You know, that way we get a response from God. And we just start calling them stuff, man. That don't mean God going to respond to it. Why? Because he wants us to put him in remembrance of what he said about him. And let him know that we've read the scripture and we're calling them out right now. He knows specifically who we want him to deal with, you know. And so, uh, and so we, 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 we are marked by uh, his righteousness and his love. And we're going to learn about that. In verse 10, it says this. It says, in this, okay, what, what we're marked by righteousness and love, in this, a, as uh, children of God are manifest. So he's talking about the church, the, the, the living organism now, not the church, the building, is manifest through this, through righteousness and through love. You know, over in the book of Romans, chapter 14, verses 17 through 18, it talks about the kingdom of God. It says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not the four walls. It's not the buildings that they wanted to impress Jesus with. It's not all the material stuff, you know, built by hands of men, you know. But no, it's of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And when we please, aim and please God in these things, righteousness, peace, things of the Spirit, now we're accepted of God. And he said we'll be approved of men. And so this is what we're talking about. The children of God are manifested in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost and all the other uh, fruit of the spirit. 
you know, singular. And the children of the devil also. You know them by their works too. So who do you think right now, liars, murderers, who you think their father is? The Bible says, I want to say in the book of John chapter 8, I think it's chapter 8 of uh, verse 44, and it might be Matthew 8 and 44, but it talks about, you know, who's the father of, of lies? Satan. You know, the devil. You know, and so all these people right now who are operating and doing things, trying to lead, trying to control. This man is just making up lies, just like our previous president made up lies, you know, to try to get people to believe a lie. You know, their Bible calls them liars because they tell lies and they're the father of lies. They're the, they're the children of their father who is the father of lies and liars, you know. And so uh, it passes. Yeah, it's in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 44, the King James Bible. So it tells, it spells it out right there in the word. So we're authorized by the word to call them liars and lies. The father lies. You know, that's, that's their father. It says it right here in the scripture. So we just need to know where it, where it confirms it at, where is it documented at. You know, the children of the devil, they're liars, you know, because he's the father of liars, father of lies. It says, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. They're not of God. They're of their father, the devil. Neither you know, uh, can they, you know, it says, neither he that loveth not his brother. And so as much as I hate what Mr. Putin is doing right now and anyone that's supporting him and the previous president, too, for all the things he did to try to destroy our democracy. You know, I can't hate them. I hate what they do because it's not of God. And God hates what they do because it's not of God. But he doesn't hate them. So I got to pray for them, even though they're persecuting and, and, and misusing their position and authority. But we got to pray for them. We got to pray for them because of the love of God that's in us. And because we love God and we've never seen God, we got to pray for them who we see all the time. That's what the scripture said. How can you say you love God who you never seen? Because I'm trying to prove something to God. We're trying to prove something to God. We're not trying to prove anything to them. I could care less that they pat me on the back. But I want to hear the Lord say, well done, my good and, thy good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. You know, thy been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you rule over many things. Enter thou into my rest. So you can get your reward for, for, for enduring to the end, working out your, 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 your salvation with fear and trembling. All the way to the end to be saved. You know, it's worth it. You know, why? Wow, we're marked by it. You know, we're not talking about no, no chip. Nowhere in a, you know, we're talking about what's in my brain, what's in my mind. What have our minds been renewed to? We said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in us. You're talking about a mind of righteousness. You're talking about a mind of love and peace. All those, all those things that are good and lovely and honest and true. Those things that come down from above. Why? Things that are of the kingdom of God, as we had learned over in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 9 of the King James Bible. The things that Jesus was teaching his people about the Beatitudes. You know, peacemakers, going to be called the children of God. That's what the church is supposed to be, full of peacemakers. You know, because we're of our Father, Jesus. You know, God, you know, God, uh, through Jesus Christ, His Son. We're joint heirs with Him. You know, we're seated with Him in heavenly places. We're born again. As He is, so are we in the earth. You know, so we're not of that, that Father of lies. But there are people that are, and we, we don't envy them, but we pray for them. We, 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 we feel sorry for them, really. You know, and this is why we do what we do, 
that we might be a light that shines in these dark places that they too may see our good works and they too will want to glorify our Father which is in heaven. Not me beating them over the head, beating them down, labeling them, calling them names. No, I'm just going to say, Father, we pray for those liars that they will stop lying. And we pray for the people who believe those lies. Remember what he told his father when he prayed for his disciples over in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17. He said, sanctify them with thy word, thy word is true. But then he also told the father, asked the father to do something for the ones that were going to be one through them. You know, he asked them to do something for them too, save them too, sanctify them too, keep them too. And so we, we, we would like to see the same thing happen. The ones, the Lord, that we're praying for, such as, you know, the Russian president and others that follow him and all those other nations over there that hate what is good and hate to love people and treat people right. We pray for their salvation, Lord. We pray that you be merciful unto them. We pray that you deliver them. We pray, God, that you intervene, that you restrain them from murder and war. And so he said, this is the manifestation of the children of God, you know, uh, that we love, you know, love and righteousness is it kind of reveals a true nature of God's people, you know. Show it also reveals you know, when you're dealing with God's people and they're walking in the light, you can't walk with darkness. So there, there is a revealing that takes place. You know, love and righteousness will stand out. Well, guess what? Lies and hate will too. That nature will be revealed. It shows that one is either a child of God or a child of the devil. It's just that simple. And so the church is supposed to resemble, reflect uh, everything about God. That's the label that we, that's been put on us. And we got to live up to the label. The label don't come down to us. We live up to it. Uh, it it's a special title that the members of God's body has been rendered. We were called that. By certain ones that were anointed of God And God anointed them to call us to church You know, over in Antioch The first time they were called Christians They made up the Iglesia The called out ones The assembly of God Talking about the people Wasn't talking about the buildings They are the children of God And I gave you a scripture reference Over in the book of Matthew Chapter 5, verse 9 of the King James Bible So let's pick up where we left off at this morning Uh last scripture I gave you this morning was out of the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 16 the King James Bible and it said this the spirit itself and this is the spirit of God here the capital of the Holy Spirit itself and I'll say himself because he's a him and uh, a lot of times I get into a debate with people why I say it because I believe that that was just a typographical error there's a many people who wrote the Bible who do call him it if they just went with what the Bible said but we'll see that sometimes because this, this, this Bible was written by men, you have to remember now. And sometimes people look at things in the Bible. That's why you have so many transliterations, translations, because sometimes people just don't want to believe that third person is real. And I just was or contribute this to just a, 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 a... And one time when I looked that up, it did lead me to say him. And I said, oh, okay, I got it. Written the translation, that's what it says. You know, beareth witness, or it can't bear witness with our spirit. So if my spirit is a, is a living spirit, human spirit, then a living spirit has to agree with my spirit. A it spirit can't agree with my spirit. So it kind of makes sense that it's talking about himself versus uh, itself. Witness with our spirit 
that we are the children of God. That's in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the King James Bible. That's where we left off at this morning. So let's continue from this morning's teaching by looking at another verse of scripture in the same chapter, the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 21 of the King James Bible. And it says, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So now there's another, if you can see that again, it calls the creature, meaning us, new creatures, old creatures, born anew, come new creatures. It says itself, but I believe it means uh, ourselves or, or himself or, her, or herself. You know, I believe that's the right application because we're dealing with people now. Okay? And so it says, also shall be delivered so you ain't going to deliver a hit. You're going to deliver a person from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So he's talking about people. So put it in proper context there. Amen. It's talking about people. So it's got to relate to people. And so he goes on to say in the same book of Romans, chapter 9, verse 26, the King James Bible. This is, this is quite interesting because Paul is writing this letter sent to the church of Rome by Phoebe along with some escorts to make sure this letter arrived to the church that Caesar had allowed to be there and hold services right in the middle of the Roman Empire. And so this letter right here, you can see Paul just continues in the volume of this letter to write to them. That was a very special church. It was in a place, man, where you wouldn't expect a Christian church to be. You know, children of God to be that close to Rome. That's why Paul said it's, 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 it's imperative that I go to Rome. Paul was going there, man, to speak directly to Caesar, who I believe had had a little bit of knowledge, not a lot of that, but a little bit of knowledge. And need, he, he needed to hear from Paul just like Paul needed him to hear him. I believe, I believe Caesar had already been prepped. Why? How can you say that, Pastor? You already had a church planted there. And there were already some converts had joined that church. If you, if you read the history of it, there had already been some converts through that church being there. There had been some folks that had been converted over in that church. And more was being converted. This is why Paul had to get this letter to them, you know, because he had first seen some fruit, had seen some folk being converted. But I thank God for Paul. Paul was going for the big fish. You know, he said, if, if the power of the gospel, which was in the book of Romans, the beginning of the letter, chapter 1, verse 16, the King James Bible, Paul has seen it, has seen it in that church. So he wanted to encourage them that that gospel is the power of God and the salvation because they had seen some, some converts. And Paul said, yeah, if them people there under his rule like I was and I was converted, I'm a living witness. I'm not a hit. I'm a witness. I'm a living witness, been converted, been bought back from corruption. Mm. And others, I'm, I'm learning in that church are being converted. Why can't I go to Caesar, man, and let the power of the gospel convince him? And he even said, Paul almost not persuaded me yeah. to be a Christian, to be a believer, you know. And so here's what he says right here. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people. There shall they be called the children of the living God. Man, look at that. That had never happened that close to Rome, in Rome. <coughs> look, at, look at 
the, the word bearing witness to what had taken place through the power of the gospel. You know, because the people in that church had been planted there by Paul. They were marked. They were marked with righteousness and love. Mm. You know? And, 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 and the Lord said, that's how you please him. But you aim to please him in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost was already working in those converted believers that was already there before Paul came there. Mm. I mean, came to see Caesar. You know? And so he says, there shall they be called the children of the living God. That's what they were called. That's why he sent the letter to them. You know. And he goes on to say in the book of Galatians, another church that Paul is dealing with now. In the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 26 of the King James Bible. Now we're talking about the children of God, what how they're marked, you know, how they how they live up to the label of being the children of God, the body of Christ, the church, as many, many different names. You know, Christians, born again, spirit-filled, you know, believers, you know. And it says here to the Galatian church, in this letter Paul wrote them, this epistle, chapter 3, verse 26 of the King James Bible, for ye are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Now that does not say everybody out there is a child of God. But it's telling you specifically who are all called children of God. Okay, faith in Jesus Christ. That means that you have given your life to the Lord. You put faith in the finished work of Jesus on that cross. You repent of your sin and you've asked God to forgive you and come in your life and be your Lord and be your Savior. That's what that's what it means to put faith in Jesus Christ. God by faith in Jesus Christ. He said, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father. As he says, children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So anyone who have come to God through Jesus Christ in faith, believing. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him said not perish but have everlasting life. Now you can say you are a child of God. Why? Because as men as receive him, Savior that God sent to save the world, die for the sins of the world, as men as receive him, that them gave he the power to become the sons of God. That's over in the book of John, the first chapter, verse 12 of the King James Bible. So ain't no getting around this. It, it is ways out there that people try to conjure up and make up. You know, we do good work, or we can remember the church, or we've been baptized. They do all these things, man, thinking that that's going to get them a ticket into heaven. No free rides here. There's only one way, and Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 16, King James Bible, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. No man comes to the Father except by me. Now, Proverbs, book of wisdom, Solomon wrote, because he, he know, he tried, all them concubines and, and other wives and stuff he had, he knew it was no way. He knew he had failed that test. You know, and he writes about it. He says in the book of, of, of Proverbs chapter uh, 14, verse number 12, King James Bible, there's a way on the man that seemeth right, but the end thereof leadeth to the way of destruction. And I think it also says that in, in the 16th chapter of Proverbs, verse 25 of the King James Bible, either verse 25 or 23. So it's all right there in the word, you know. And if it's said twice in the, in the book of wisdom, that means we need to take some heed to it. There is another way that seemeth right. He didn't say it was right. But Jesus said, I am the way. And so Paul lets them know, for ye are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. No other way. No other way. Okay. And then he goes on to say in the book of 1 John, chapter 5, verse 2 of the King James Bible, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. So now remember, this is how we're marked 
with his righteousness and his love that the book of 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 I mean, I'm sorry, the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 5, King James Bible says, has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. You know, and I go a step further because we have the Spirit of God in us, we now have the ability of the Spirit to produce the fruit of righteousness, peace, joy, all the other complemented fruit is produced in us through the Spirit. I'm talking about God's Spirit. You know, the nine uh, initial fruit that he talks about. Righteousness happened to be one happened to be one of them. So we don't have to go out here and try to make up our own righteousness. That's why he said, beware of the righteousness of the Pharisees, because it leaveneth the whole lump. Beware of the hypocrites who go about trying to create their own righteousness, which he said is no righteousness at all. But there is a righteousness that come by the spirit. And he said that we aim and strive to please him in that righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Now we'll be accepted of the Father and approved of men. Now we'll bear that mark that the church is supposed to bear, be known by peacemakers, not hell raisers. Mm. A unified body of believers striving to come into the unity of the faith till we look like what the Father, the Son looks like here in earth. So heaven looks like what earth, so earth looks like what is in heaven. That perfect union between the Father, the Son, and the Word. And we look like the same thing here in earth. You know, the church, which is us, the Iglesia, the Word of God and the Spirit. Bearing witness right here, just like the Father, they're bearing witness there, we're bearing witness here. As He is, so are we. You know, Marked with righteousness and love, peace and joy. You can just add to the spirit, more of the spirit. And he said, by this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. So if I'm a child of God, I ought to want to be able to obey my father. You know, if I'm really a child of God, that to me, that's, that's significant. There is nothing greater. There should be no greater goal in life for a born-again believer. Than to live like a child of God. Especially when the Father helps you and gives you and equips you with everything you need. You know, there's, there's nothing greater. Nothing more beneficial or more profitable to us. So let's go a little further here. Uh, in the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 10 of the King James Bible. We go back to this. It says, in this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. So you... You, you see one or the other. You know by the fruit that it bears. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. It bears unrighteous fruit. Can't be. Neither he that loveth not his brother. So you can't say you love God and treat your brother any kind of way that you see every day. It's very clear. You know, that's, that's the book of First uh, John chapter 3 verse 10 to King James Bible. So let's take a look now at verse 11. It says, for this is the message then. That ye heard from the beginning that we should love one another. So what he's saying to us there now, after we come out of that transition, love is the message heard from the very beginning. God so loved the world. Everything God did, he did out of love because he loved his people. He loved souls. He loved everything he created. He looked at it and said it's good. He loved it. Why? He loved it so much that he created it in his image and likeness. That's how much he loved it, that he gave it his image. He marked us with righteousness and love in creation. Our love, we were marked. 
We, we, were, we were gods from the beginning. In some kind of way, because of the bad choice or the wrong choice <coughs> that Adam and Eve made in the garden, mm -hmm. threw things off. Now there will be enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of serpent from now on until the second man, Adam, Jesus, came and reconciled it back to the Father, put us back in right standing, his bride, his church, the ones he had marked from the foundation of the world to be his in his image and likeness. You know, put us back in right standing. But we still today got to deal with each other. We got to deal with sin. We got to deal with Satan. We got to deal with all these evil spirits because they've been released now. They're, they're out there. They're disembodied. They were in, dislodged from heaven. A third of them. Hell is continuously enlarging herself. You know why? It's because the knowledge of good and evil we were not supposed to know. We were only supposed to know what was good. But because they ate that fruit, now the knowledge of the tree of, of good and evil is upon us. And God has equipped us and have given us the word to be able to deal with it, all of it, in truth. That's why he said, I will that you know the truth and the truth make you free. Free from what? All that other knowledge. All that otherworldly wisdom. That's foolishness to God that he'll use to confine the wise. He knows that there's been that release out there. He knows that Satan, our adversary, is out there, but for the come, but for the kill, still destroy us. He knows this. But he said, I came, Jesus came, that you may have life, that we may have life and have it more abundantly. He knows that Satan, our adversary, is like a roaring lion going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He knows that if we submit ourselves to him and resist the devil, he's going to flee for us for a season. Until he's finally destroyed and cast into that lake of fire to be tormented for, for eternity while we're re, re, living in, in paradise with the Lord, in, in, in that new heaven with the Lord for, for eternity, we still gonna have to deal with these, these spirits, these evil spirits. The temptation to sin. It's, he said it's common to man. Mm. But we can't tempt God with evil. Nor can God tempt us with evil, nor does you know, God tempt anybody to get them to do anything. But he will test us. Yes. He will test our righteousness and our love to see if, see if it's of God or it's something that we made up or we created ourselves. He warns uh, us of that in the book of Matthew. When I say chapter 7, 5 through 7, talks about them hypocrites, them vipers, mm. you know, warns us of them. He said, for this is the message that ye heard from the beginning. The beginning of Jesus' teaching. Now, there was teaching before that from the prophets, in the major prophets, you know, the minor prophets, you know. But how many people, man, really study prophecy? You got to really have an interest in it. But a lot of people destroyed the prophets, yeah. beheaded them. They didn't want to hear what they had to say because, boy, they warned people. I mean, they cut that thing straight. And when they spoke, man, let me tell you something. Things happened. The earth shook. People disappeared. Mm -hmm. People fell dead. Them, them guys and girls were anointed by God. And they spoke as oracles and, 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 and living epistles of God. They didn't play once they finally got saved. And the power of God came upon them. And they warned kings. They didn't care who it was. They warned them. They told them what thus said the Lord. You know, 
Because they were being like Jesus in the earth, as he is, so are we. Remember, Jesus, hey, Jesus was anointed. He said, the Father has anointed me. These guys were anointed by Jesus. They were anointed by God to say what they said, to warn the way they warned, to inform the way they informed. And they did it boldly. They didn't hold back all the way to a point that they were mortared. They were killed, you know, stoned to death, beheaded, hung upside down, cut in half. Yes, yes. You know? And he says, for this is the message that ye have heard from the beginning. No new message, situation, circumstance change, but the message don't that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That we should love one another because love is the message from the very beginning. It hadn't changed. Everything else is out there, but love. Now about it, faith, hope, and love, these two, but the greatest of these is love. Mm. You know, everything else hinges on love. The greatest two commandments, that you love the Lord our God. You know, it's all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we love our neighbors as ourselves. We love the brethren. You know, that's what he's saying. You know, always been that way. Been in God's nature from the beginning. Hadn't changed. Uh, and in verse 12, let's go to verse 12. It says, uh, not as a Cain who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. So now we're getting to look at some examples of what happens when, when we are of God also when we're of our father Satan. Okay? I'm just saying our father Satan. We're not of Satan. We're of God, children of God, and we're peacemakers. But we want to look at now what happens for that other side of the coin. You know, the ones that are the wicked one, as Cain was, perfect example, who was of that wicked one, talking about his father Satan, the devil, and slew his brother instead of loving his brother like he told us as children of God. Now we see this guy here slew his brother, just the opposite. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil. We know what he tried to offer God, just threw something at God without forethought or consequences or weighing the cost. And his brother's righteous, you know? So we see now because his own works were evil, but his brothers was righteous. Mm -hmm. You know, it came from the heart. It was important, some of substance, something that meant something. You know, because he feared God and loved God. And that love was manifested in the gift that he brought to the Father. Love does not persecute the righteous. So if Cain would have been of his father Jesus or God, he would not have persecuted his brother. Would not have killed him and buried him and lied about it. You know, his blood was crying out from the ground. He wasn't on way. You know, God was all knowing. God knew what he had did. He knew what was in his heart. And he got the death to try to lie to God. Love does not persecute the righteous. I love that. Does not persecute the righteous. Remember, we're talking about being marked with righteousness and love. Then there's, there's no reason for us to condemn or persecute anybody because of how we are marked. You know, Cain, okay, let's take a look at some scriptures that talks about Cain. There's a couple of them. Uh, meaning the son of Adam, okay? So, so because of Adam's and Eve's sin, there was some issues with their seed. Mm -hmm. You know, that probably if they'd have dealt with it, I don't, I don't recall reading where they repented and asked God to forgive them. All right. So we're now looking at the fruit. This how you're going to know. That tree by the fruit it bears. So let's take a look at this fruit here called Cain, the son of Adam in Eve. It says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. 
by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, plural, and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. Speaketh. Okay? So you see now the comparison here of those who are marked with righteousness and love of their father God, God of righteousness, God of love, and you also see Cain, son of Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. who's of his father, Satan, mm -hmm. the devil. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And so it says it right there. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Talking about Abel. That's how he obtained it. God was the one that testified to his gifts. Mm. And so, as long as God is, a, is approving, come on, brother. <laughs> you know, I don't care if you die, what you did is still going to bear witness. Mm. Isn't that what happened with Jesus? They crucified him, but he was also glorified. And guess what? His voice is still being heard today, his word is still going out today. We're still talking about Abel today. We're still talking about his sacrifice today. We're still making a comparison between righteous and unrighteous. So we're still speaking. Even though Abel died when killed, murdered by his brother, his voice, man, because you can't kill righteousness. You cannot kill the things of the spirit because you can't kill the spirit. So as long as we have the spirit, that means these righteous fruit can continue to be produced in us. Can't kill it if it's of God. It's going to live forever. You know, unless God take it back, it ain't going nowhere. We just got to learn how to walk in it. That's right. How to let it manifest in the children of God. And I will give you a little hint. If you got the spirit of God, you're good to go. You're good to go. Because I'm going to say in the book of Jude, chapter 1, there's only one chapter, verse 11, the King James Bible. Woe unto them. I love them days and thems. There's a category of people out there. We have to read the rest of this verse to see who they are, though. Remember, we said the scripture will interpret itself. You don't need no private interpretation. So let's see what Jude was talking about. For they have gone in the what? Way of Cain and ran. Listen to this now. Greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. Now, when you're talking about Balaam here, everybody know Balaam over there in Kings? Balaam was the one who tried to get Balak, you know, to take some money to go out there and kill them Jews because they were multiplying like crazy. And he was afraid that there's more of them than us, man. You, you got to go down there, man, and, and get rid of them jokers because I don't want to sacrifice my empire. And Balaam wasn't going. He said, hey, I got to have Deborah to go with me because he had seen her prove on record. She was anointed. That was the key. She was a judge. But see, God didn't use Deborah, her anointing. God didn't use this man's experience as a war general. He didn't use Balaam's influence as a, as a, as a king over the people. God used a donkey mm. to speak to Balaam about, you can't go cursed without unblessed. Mm. Isn't that something? He ran the donkey into the wall. I believe God put that wall there to stop that, 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 that process. Mm. 
Sometimes God will put things there and we'll be rebuking the devil when it was God that put it there because he knows what's best. He knows where we're heading. He'll put it there to stop us. He won't put it there to tempt us. He put it there to stop us or to teach us. Mm. Or to stop us long enough so he can't get our attention and teach us. And then when he finishes, he'll cause the wall to fall. Or he'll give you the power to tell the wall to, to be removed. Shout it down. But it serves a purpose. When Joshua then was going around that wall, God wanted to, to test their obedience, Pastor Sharon. Yeah. Told them exactly how many times is 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 crazy in the natural mind as that sound, it made perfect sense in the mind of God. Yes. Testing their obedience. Testing their righteousness and their love because they were marked as God's people Joshua was now God's chosen general to lead those people against the armies that were against the Lord and the first test to see is you with us or are you against us God told him to walk around that wall seven times for seven days and on the seventh time the seventh day guess what he said face that wall and let out a shout. Mm. And that wall came down. Now you got to understand that wall was a 125 feet high and 75 feet thick. That was a pretty reinforced wall. Yes, it was. But when you operate in obedience, walls fall. Giants come down. Come on, your walls fall. Giants fall. Walls come down. Chains be broken. If you do it God's way. If the church would start doing it God's way. Acting as peacemakers, you know, righteous children of God, filled with the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit of God. We can say to mountains, be thou removed, don't die in our heart, and they'll be removed and cast into the sea of forgiveness. That's the mark. These manifestations, as he said, the children of God will be manifest. These manifestations will return. They will return. That's what the word says. And it says, Woe unto them, okay, those unrighteous children of Satan, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after that old filthy way of, of, of the world, after the error of Balaam for reward. Now, what was the error of Balaam? He offered my man money. They go out there and kill. Well, he told them to go curse or to kill God's people, chosen people. And this man had enough sense to listen to this donkey and say, hey, you can't curse what God done blessed. Go back and tell that, that dude. He went back and told him, I can't do it. I cannot curse what God has blessed. You know, it's time for us to speak to some things sometimes and tell it. You know, I can't curse what God done blessed. And sometimes God has blessed people who we don't think he's blessed because he said, beware that you entertain angels unaware. So in other words, we should just treat everybody the way we want to be treated. My grandson Carter taught me that. The golden rule he called it. Saying we love God, we ain't never seen hating everybody every day that we, we, we do see. I say everybody, but the Bible says hating our brothers that we see every day. But we got to be marked with righteousness and love. Right. You know, that we bear that kind of fruit. Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. You know, Korah was a place where you had a lot of people that were gangsayers go back up to war into them, them gangsayers. Mm -hmm. You know, always gaming, always trying to come up with a scheme and a plot mm -hmm. 
trying to get around and go go another way to get it done. You know, trying to buy their way, trying to use their power and influence, trying to abuse, you know, you know, their status quo, you know. Trying to dominate and intimidate people by that, abusing that power, gang saying, you know, saying something, knowing it ain't true, blowing it up, making it sound too good to be true, twisting it all out of shape, knowing God didn't say that, knowing that's not God. Greedily running after the era of Balaam of reward. That filthy lucre, their, their motivation. Trying to gain something in an ungodly way mm-hmm. that don't belong to them. Bringing a curse on themselves. You know. Bringing a curse on themselves. Why? Because they don't hearken to the voice of the Lord and do all that he's commanded them to do this day. So he can command these blessings on them. In the city, in the field, getting up, laying out, going out, coming in. Every voice that rises up against God says, you have the power to condemn it. Why wow, he sent it back to the pit of hell from where it came. And so, you know, he says it right there. Goes on. Uh, we're going to do one more verse here and we're going to bring it in. Um, verse, in the book of 1 John, verse 3, I mean, chapter 3, verse 12, the King James Bible says this. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. And so, you know, we're going to end right there and pick up in the morning with verse 13. Um, just looking at here, you know, some of the works, using an example of someone with. I want to say we're very familiar with, but I know everybody should be aware of. Back from the beginning, Cain and Abel. You know, we know what happened between those two brothers. But we also know what shame and, and what a curse that brought upon their family. Their family. Because one was marked with the mark of his father and the other one was marked with the mark of his father. One was marked with righteousness and love. One was marked with lies and deception. And we see the fruit. We see the difference in the fruit. And even today, that mark, people still bear that mark. And it's not necessarily, a a lot of folks like to think the mark of the beast is somebody going to put a chip here and put a chip there. No, it's talking about what's in your mind. What's in your mind? Have your mind been renewed with the things of God? Has it been transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God? Or are you still holding on to those old thoughts, <coughs> those unrighteous thoughts? You know, still continuing to sin, missing the mark, falling short, still lying, proving that you are the children of your father, who is the father of lies, the devil, Satan. The fruit is the giveaway. It bears the marks of our Father. You know, there's a special sheriff said, there's no gray area. It's either one or the other. Hot, cold, luke, no lukewarm. Can't be in the between. God said, I'll spew you out like vomit. If you try to be lukewarm, scrap that fence. You have to decide. I'm going to be hot, I'm going to be cold. That's the commandment of God. Yes. Don't give you the luxury, the option to, to be lukewarm. Treading on dangerous ground. And so which, what, how are you marked? What's in your mind? You know, are your thoughts in agreement with God's will and thoughts and plans for you? Or are we thinking about, you know, the world, lust of the eye, pride of life, lust of the flesh, 
mm. in love with the things of this world, running after greedily. You know, against what God said, bringing that curse, inviting that curse to come back mm. when we've been redeemed from it. And so, Father, we thank you. We praise you tonight for the words of wisdom that you have uh, shared with us from your word tonight. Been very enlightening, very encouraging to see a clear picture, Lord God, of what side that we choose to be on. It's either one or the other. Yes. We can't serve two masters. We're going to love one and hate the other. And so, Father, we just look to you now, Lord God. We thank you for the love and the righteousness of God that is in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Help us now to continue to strive and aim to please you in these things that we might be accepted of you, God. What things, Father? Righteousness, love, and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost that we may be approved of men in the city, in the field, getting up, laying down everywhere we go. So as we look to you tonight, Father, we look to you, Lord God, with optimism, expectation and anticipation that we're going to be able to build a better future than what we have. One of optimal overall wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, emotional wellness, environmental wellness, financial wellness, occupational wellness, social wellness. And so, Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus that this will become a universal message that will go out and be heard in the high places and low places and everywhere we go. Lord, use the Facebook post that we post. Use the podcast, the pod beams, the Facebook live just to get the message out. When there are so many confusing messages out there that's entertaining the ears of your people. Let this message be a breakthrough message. That the people may receive a real revelation mm -hmm. of their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and make a well informed decision yes, yes, yes. that I'm going to be hot or I'm going to be cold. I'm not mm -hmm. going to deceive myself by being lukewarm and God spew me out like vomit. So, Father, we praise you now. We give you glory. We give you honor for your spoken word <coughs> that we were able tonight mm -hmm. to learn, to know, and to grow. That we may go forth and glow like lights in a dark world, a desolate, unregenerate world. Yes. Lord. As we continue now <coughs> to pray for those men and women that are in arms way tonight. Those young men and women that are about to be deployed. Mm. Don't know what the fate is going to be, God. But Father, we just know it's time. It's time to, as Mr. Galinsky said, we're not going to turn our backs and run, but we're going to face this enemy. It's time, Father, for us to face the truth. It's time for us to fight with these spiritual weapons. Yes. It's time for us to arm our, ourselves with the truth yes. and break free of the lies and deceptions and the false teachings and preachings. Yes, and just know the truth and let that mm. truth make us free. Mm. Because if you set us free, we're free indeed. Now we can stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and never be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. By this, people will know that we are the children, the manifest children of righteousness and love. In Christ Jesus. This is our prayer tonight. Now seal it. In Jesus' name, in our hearts, we pray. Amen. All right, then. Well, that concludes the Thursday night wisdom call Bible study. Amen. And we're going to open up for comments. Start with Pastor Sharon, followed by our pastors, Eric and Phoebe, and anyone else on the line. Pastor Sharon. Well, praise the Lord.